1: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving.
2: This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And, you know, it's always great to meet new people. And, you know, I got to hear it because, you know, I had picked the Broncos and uh, he picked the Seahawks. But, uh... I'd like to introduce my guest. To... Uh, tell the listeners about there where you played in college and where you played in the pro. Give them a little background mm-hmm. on
3: you. Uh, first of all, you know, I started four years at University of Washington in Seattle. Went there in 1975 and I left in 79. I started with the old Baltimore Colts. They drafted me and I was there for seven years. I actually followed the Mayflower truck to uh, Indianapolis. And then uh, I was there to 87, and then 88, uh, I became a Seahawk. And then uh, 93, it was time to, you know, <laughs> put my game to rest.
2: You know, how is that? You know, a lot of players, they talk about Peyton Manning, going to play five more years. When do you know it's over with? Well,
3: for, well, for me, I kind of I'd told myself that, uh, we didn't have year-round programs back then, and, you know, about my seventh to eighth year, I, re- I really prided myself in my conditioning. And I knew, for me at least, if I didn't start working out that second week of February, then I wasn't serious about playing football anymore. At least that's what I told myself. And after my 14th year, you know, February rolled around, I didn't work out, had my little retirement party. You know, late July, I get a call from the Seahawks. And they want me, you know, to try one more year. And I had to be honest with them. I said, I'm not that same guy. And and I felt I wasn't that same guy because I hadn't prepared myself. And I always prided myself on being in better condition than you know almost anybody on the team. Didn't matter that I was old, but I could still run around and do a lot of things like a young guy. And and I was able to do that throughout my career. You know, I, I played from you know beginning of the whistle to the end of it. So there's never a question about my conditioning. And uh that's what I prided myself on. And so when I didn't work out that second week, I was like, I was done.
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, I got 14 years in. I was like, you know, spend some time with my, with my kids and stuff. I was done. A lot I, was, of I was fortunate I got a chance to at least make that decision.
2: Right. A lot of, a lot of people ask the question, I don't know if you heard it. Um, if you had a, a, a kid, would you let them play football? Would you?
3: Uh, you know, I probably would. I mean, I, I know about the concussions and all that, but uh, I think I would. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I think they're trying to do everything they can to. I mean, when when you look at how the game is evol- evolving, anyway, uh, they have really changed because when I played. We wore bike helmets, and we always say we going bike riding today because we, we led with our heads. Yeah. So, well, you know you can't do that anymore. I mean, so so there's no question. You know, bunch of us we're sponge heads. We're we, we, you know we just uh, you know we we have cognitive issues. We, you know, we we don't remember things well. And uh, you, you, you
2: see a lot of <laughs> players like as they get older, it starts to catch up with them. You know, you see Tony, you know, it's like getting bad. Do you feel that will happen to you?
3: Uh, you know, I really don't. I mean, I, I it's, it, and it could, but I've always felt that I, uh, you know, my body has always done a great job of, of healing itself because I never put anything in it that wrong, you know, uh, even, you know, when I got injured, you know, I, I, I shot away from any type of, uh. Drugs, or, you know, or pills, you know, as, as, as much as I could. Good. So I, I just felt that, you know, uh, taking anything would always impede the body's natural ability to heal itself. As you got older, your injury,
2: was it harder to come back? When you were in your younger rookie years?
3: No. I, I think that uh, uh, one of the things it's one of the reasons why I got a chance to play as long as I did was that any time I got hurt, I never stayed hurt that long. I mean, I, um, my body would always recover fast. And so they could always, you know. You
2: recover more fast than you worked out a lot. I could yeah, that, was us, but, you know,
3: the- a little cast on it and, and had a plate and screws in it. You know, that first game in September, I was lined up playing. And, you know, most guys probably wouldn't come back till October. So, uh, yes, yeah, uh, no, I mean, I, I could, all, my body could always heal itself. I had an extremely high pain threshold. And so I was, I was a player that could count on being able to play through pain.
2: Right. Well, nowadays you see players that they don't
3: pay through the pain because they're trying to save their careers, make it longer. Isn't the game a little different on this? Oh, the game is way different now. Oh, yeah, game. The game game is so much different now. I mean, even they they don't hit anymore in practice. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, you you see flag thrown because a guy hits another guy too hard, so which is kind of crazy, you know. Uh, so it's it, it's not good at all, as far as that goes. Uh, but uh, you know, fo- football. I mean, football is so exciting. Uh. You know, I was at the game in New York, and you know the the energy there, uh, the excitement. You know, it it, it is just uh, <laughs> the really think it is the number one sport that people watch, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, a- yeah. there is no question about it. I mean, yeah, you know, after going back to New York and stuff, uh I was like, wow. What was you really the difference there?
2: Of- um, there's like you say, when you play this now, <laughs> they, they don't well, get...
3: It. Well, I think you know you you have bigger, faster guys now, and you and you have a lot of them. You know, uh, you know there 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 are a lot of guys that are big, fast, and strong. And so when you have those guys, you know, running into each other, you know, and it's uh, a con- combustible type of you know, they they. <laughs> Each other, uh, you know. You look at a guy like Cam Chancellor. You know, at six two and a half, six three, two and thirty pounds, playing strong safety. You like you look at linebackers way two twenty when I play. You strong safety like that big, like you know. You look at you like wow.
2: Is the football fans come to where the quarterbacks are like a russell wilson and the
3: captain on You know if. Uh, I feel that uh you need to have an athletic, agile quarterback to be successful. You know, if you are just having just a the guy then uh it, it's gonna be tough. We'll take a break and we'll be right back.
1: That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.
4: Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There's no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 9 9-
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to talk at
2: yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving back with Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, we love them there, but uh, they will call back and we we'll get them back on, so... You got me for now, you know, which is a good thing. But um, uh, he's down there in Seattle with the parade, so probably in a bad spot. So but when we get him back on, he'll be back on to give his opinion about everything and talk about the Super Bowl game. So. But uh, I wanted to just start off with, you know, we'll talk about the Super Bowl, but, you know, as he was talking about, you know, the game has changed, you know, it's a lot faster and um, the guys hit harder, you know, right now, you know. Back in the day, you know, it was a different game. A little slower. Um, It wasn't, you know, as it is now. I mean, the game now, is like uh, players out to hurt each other. So it's a lot different, you know, Uh, which in years to come, it's going to be even more different, faster, and the players are going to be even better and better the talent, you know. So um, he said if he had a son, he would let him play I think a lot of us wouldn't because we know what you go through, you know, mentally, not only physically, you know, mentally, you know, trying to make the team, Um, trying not to make a mistake, you know, you're out there, you're trying to do your best, you know, if you make a mistake, you know, lose a game, you know, that's mentally, and physically, your body you only takes so much, you know, they say, um, average football player is three years, so, that, that's something that, you know, would change. they on going in years. You know, so it's, it's a tough game. It's a hard-hitting sport, but it's fun. A lot of people watch it and love it. and think the Super Bowl is the most biggest watch thing ever. all over the world. You know, just that one game. And for them to play like that, which we'll talk about a little later, Horrible, you know. So, but um, we can talk about basketball right now until we get nads back on. Um, we're coming to the All Star break, which is good. We got Kevin Durant just lighting it up. Might be the MVP. Uh, LeBron and the Heat, you know, just doing what they do. They got Dwayne Wade back. You know, I'm not a big Heat fan. You know, I just think they just can run through and play and beat people when they want, but. You know, that's the cockiness they have, which is okay. You know, they won't be cocky. That's what they got. They're able to be cocky. So, now, like I say, we got uh Houston Rockets. We uh, got the White Harbor, and that's going to work out. I mean, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. You know, he's averaging like 15 points, but, you know, they needed him to average like 20-something Seven, eight blocks a night, you know, rebounds, you know. A guy that big and, and, and talented should be doing more than what he's doing right now. So, you know, I just don't see how he would never be a superstar. Like all the other center, like Shaquille, you know, all those, like um, Duncan, you know, those are superstars that come in and day in, day out, you know, make plays. Um, the Chicago Bulls are horrible. Well, I know when Derrick Rose went down, uh, that was their season. So uh, I guess they have to rebuild and wait till next year when Derrick comes back, which is going to be hard. Just come back from two injuries, you know, on each knee, you know. So that's going to be tough for him. New York Knicks finally winning games. Win game or lose game, but they are doing a little bit better. You know that that New York team just something you know. You get the Brooklyn Nets, you know. They expect more for those teams down there. You know you're in the spotlight, so they expect more. You know, and then that producer, you know, you got to produce, or you got to get out of there. Carmelo Carmelo Anthony, you know, I mean, he's ready to get out of there. And I think he's ready to go play with Kobe, the Lakers. So, it is what it is with that with basketball. And, yeah. um, we got some teams over, and, you know, the Spurs are still doing great. Uh, they're gonna be the Spurs. They win games, but can't win championship. So, that's how they. that's how it is with the Spurs. You know, during the season, like, you know, Denver Broncos, blew, blew everybody out, win games, but can't win the big game. Yeah. So, but well, that's what it's about. You know, anybody can win all those games, but it's the big game that you got to come down to and win. Now, so what we're going to do, we'll take another break. When we come back, hopefully we got Nas back on. But now we'll just keep talking and talk sports about Super Bowl. This is James Loving, 11 outforth talk and we'll be right back.
5: at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want
6: to play the ponies?
1: your internet flagship station for sports,
0: Voice America Sports.
1: You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-88-346-9144. That's triple eight three four six nine one 888 346 9144 thats 888-346-9144, Or drop an email to that Sports Talk at Yahoo.com. Now I'm back here. to the show. Okay, are well, we on. Lock.
2: I'm here. Okay. Oh, right, we got Niz back. You back, Greg. Right? I'm back. Good to have you. Well we keep losing I want to get into them can you start off by ask what happened to the different Broncos
3: what happened with the different Broncos yes uh, well here's my theory from the very beginning was that when I looked at both teams uh, I always felt that Seattle's chances were, were pretty good because they have the best seven or eight guys in the secondary I've ever seen on the same time on the same team uh, they play old-school defense. They get their hands on, on receivers, and they're very disruptive. Everything that Denver has done with Payton has been timing routes. And so when you're going up against a team and all they do is focus on disrupting you, then that's going to be a long day because if they're able to get their hands on those receivers and he starts looking around and looking at the spots where they're supposed to be and they're not there that makes him uncomfortable. He starts patting the ball, he starts patting his feet, and you have the Peyton Manning that you saw there tonight. When he's able to stand in that pocket, you know, and and read and scan, and I've always said, you know, Peyton is probably even faster than Joe Montana in terms of processing, in terms of getting his reads, making a decision, and releasing the ball. So all of a sudden, he can't release the ball, he can't run, so that's a problem. And that was a problem all day, uh, for Denver, and I kind of felt that if, uh, the Seahawks could just play their defense the way they've been playing the entire year, then that's what would happen. Exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, but you see Peyton all during the season making adjustments and picking people apart. Uh, why can not he do that with Seattle? I mean, Seattle, well, was I'll deep, tell you I why.
3: Know. no, i tell you why, I'll tell you why, because why? There's, there's a big difference between uh heavy eyes run through zones and but everything is still based on timing that that's what makes that team as prolific as they are it's just, it's about timing and they oh shoot i can't park here they they have a timing issue they 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 can't they, they can't do the things that they're used to doing, and so they become uncomfortable. It, it, it's like when you are used to doing things a certain way,
2: mm-hmm. and all of
3: a sudden the, the plays that you know that if so-and-so is covered, then so-and-so is going to be open and blah, 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 then then you're comfortable scanning and reading. But when you see your guys being bounced around and stuff, uh, it 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 gets you out of kilter. And for, for Peyton not to be able to, to have those options that he's had in the past you know, he's like anybody else. He gets
2: uncomfortable. Yeah. But isn't that what I asked before it never be to make adjustments?
3: Well, but well see, here's the, here's the issue. You can't, okay, you can make an adjustment, okay? So the adjustment piece is not the issue. I mean, think yeah. about this. You can make an adjustment, but if your guys cannot get off, uh, uh, jams, then that's a problem. You, you have a bona fide problem. And, and that's what happened. They, they could not get off those jams. The The Seahawks secondary uh, dominated. I mean, from that very first hit that, that Cam put on, uh, what is it, Demarius? Uh, the big receiver they have. That, that very first hit. To me, that's at the Temple. Once, once he hit him like that, that was a message. Like, hey, we're not playing today. You know we are ready, and uh that was it and and they you, did it most of the day. I mean, when you look at the plays those guys made, even when uh Denver uh made a good play they they still were able to you know punch the ball out you do know do you think, do you think Seattle can repeat with that defense i I think their chances are pretty good, but I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it is extremely difficult to repeat and and to uh, win back-to-back, uh, you know, championships. I mean, just going to the Super Bowl. I mean, it is just extremely difficult for teams to repeat. I mean, I mean, think about this. Uh, you had Buffalo that went back a number of times and they lost. Right. So it, it, it's just hard to to make that happen. It really is. So who do you see in the AFC next year? You don't see Denver. No, Denver no, I, I see Denver uh, contending again. Uh you know, I mean the same thing, the same big boys, New England. Uh they, they they have a great chance. I mean you you look at what Kansas City did this year. Uh and, and then even San Diego to me towards the end, they were playing solid football. They were playing very good football. So uh, I think that it's still gonna be Denver and New England. Uh you know, right now?
2: who oh, do you see in the NFC?
3: Oh, in NFC? I see Seattle and, and uh, San Francisco.
2: San Francisco? Nothing, changed. Yeah. I kind of think San Francisco is at that last. I don't think they're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Gore's getting older. You know, I don't see them getting back to where they were. You do? Who? Oh. You see San Fran with Gore getting older, Nessie? I'm going there. Uh, that's San Fran doing what? I'm sorry. Getting back. I mean, Gore's getting older. They're getting a little older squad.
3: Oh, no, 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 but see, okay. But you know what, though? They, they may be that older squad. However, they can play. They, they got, they, they got a good core. Uh, they, they have a tenacious defense, uh, and they show up, you know, they, they make teams beat them. They show up and make you beat them.
2: Do you don't like New Orleans or anything over there?
3: Well, I mean, you know, as as long as, uh, you know, New Orleans, uh, to me, you know, their, their quarterback is, is one of the guys that has probably, uh you know, one of the biggest hearts in the NFL. And, uh you know, he'll he'll always be a force to be reckoned with. And he'll always keep those guys playing at a high level. So as long as he is a part of that team and the way they're set up and stuff, they're going to be able to play. I mean, they, they'll be somebody you have to look at. You know, but in the NFC right now, it is, you know, I, I beg to differ. I think it's still the Seahawks and the 49ers. I don't think the 49ers, I mean, Frank, okay, put it like this. Frank Gore may have some miles on him, but Frank Gore is what I call a warrior. I mean, so next year, he's going to come back fresh and even more determined. So he's he's not a guy that, when he fails, he kind of, you know, goes inside of himself. It, it, It makes him angry. I mean, when you think about what happened to him in college and how he was able to come back from all those injuries, you know, even in the NFL. I mean, he's resilient, and he's a force to be reckoned with, and he's somebody you have to respect. And be prepared for it. You know, he'll be an old dude still running guys over.
2: Yeah, you got Vernon Davis, he's a little bit older.
3: Once again, you look at, but you look at the, look look at the play. Uh, uh, the receiver from Florida State, the Ravens, I've had too many hits in my head, I can't remember his name, I'm I'm, saying for that I can't. Same thing. You know, he, he put a, he had a phenomenal year. Uh, you know, you, you have some guys that are old but they take care of themselves. You know, you don't never hear anything about them being out in the streets and all that kind of stuff. They prolong their career by their actions off the field.
2: Well, there's yeah, I want to but, change the subject because it's hit the TV back again about bullying with Richard Incognito
3: and Martin. What's your life? okay? Okay. Well, well, to me, put it like this. Bullying works when the environment and the culture, that that uh, that inclusive culture allows it to work. Uh, you know, one of the things, you know, I did growing up in Compton, believe it or not, uh, you know, bullies had to go through somebody that they had to really deal with. And so for, for him to be allowed to be a bully, uh, then that means some of the other alpha males in that locker room didn't do their job. Because, you, you know, at, at, at a certain point, somebody should have said to him, hey, man, enough is enough. What you saying, somebody, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody in that locker room wow. should have said to him, enough is enough, man. Let it go.
2: I know when, when we played, it was like when you were a rookie, you had to do something and do carry a veteran helmet. Was that what like, you
3: had to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you got stuff like that done. But you know, you know the lines were crossed. Lines, were, lines were definitely crossed. Hold on for one second, okay? Yeah. Don't hang up. Mm-hmm. Come on, I'm
2: you. Jump out, okay? The yeah, well, thing, what Nancy's saying is, the lines were crossed with the uh, with the player. You know, Richie Carneiro. You know, I think he went too far. You know, I think it really wasn't hating, it was, it was bullying, but I think the coaches and everybody knew what was going on in that locker room. So, uh, it's hard to, you know, sit here and judge and say, you know, he should have been a man that did something, but I mean, I think he just wanted to stay on the team and, you know, but I think he didn't really want to play anymore. You know, so he found a way to get out of it. So, that's how that is. Well, what we'll do, we'll take our last break, and then we we'll come back with Nesbitt and um, get his last take on some um, NBA basketball. We'll be right back.
5: Your internet flagship station for sports.
3: Voice America Sports.
5: 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies?
1: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you, call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to talk at yahoo.com. Now,
2: back to the show. This is James Loving Loving That
3: Sports Talk. I'm back with my guest. Now, what were you saying about the rookie net? No, I said the rookie rookie, hazing, you know, that's 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 part of football, so to speak. Uh and and it's kinda you know, it, it's I'll say it's okay. But you know, once again it's still, you know, what level, you know, is someone taking it to. And there's no question that there are lines that were crossed in Miami. And there weren't any alpha males that felt it was it was their place to even speak up. And it should have been somebody in there saying, "Hey, man, Richie, this is enough, bro. Let it go." And they didn't. And you know, everybody wants to feel like, "Hey, come into the locker room, and that's that's a safe place to be, and uh, not the opposite where you know threats and everything else is going on. You, you know, you're you're being challenged every day. Uh, it needs to be more of an inclusive environment where we are one." We are better together than we are apart. And that didn't take place in that locker room.
2: Let me ask you this. You said you know somebody knew something in that locker room. you think the women knew about Hernandez?
3: Uh, you know, I don't – I really find it hard to believe they didn't only because, you know, the NFL well, does a great job with background checks and everything. Uh, so I mean, I'm I'm just surprised that you know they, they they never had a clue of you know what was going on behind the scene with him. You know, I, I'm I'm just kind of flabbergasted about it because that's the one thing the NFL has been great about is that they know if your uncle is a dealer and you hang out with your uncle, you know what I mean. They they right. know everything there is to know. So. You know, I'm, I'm still surprised that they're saying they knew nothing of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got to look at all that was, was coming up now. They didn't have not yeah. one clue of, you know, either gangster or thug. You know, not one oh, yeah. clue. But <laughs> well, that, that's what they're going to say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> do you do you think there's more players that's that way? Of course. I mean, I mean, we when you, when you think about it. And, uh, you know, when when I talk to a a lot of organizations and stuff, you know, I always say to them that times have really changed and, you know, guys, you know, when I grew up, grew up in Compton, you know, I could make that choice uh, of being a a thug and a gangbanger or being an athlete. And and once I, once I say I'm going to be an athlete, they wouldn't let me do shit. Excuse me. Excuse my language, but they would. And point being is that the one time I was ready to go and throw down with them, my boy said, don't make me put you down. I'd rather be up in the stands, holler, neighborhood than having you go do what we got to take care of. Right. See, you know, you so, but today when I see kids in college and stuff on the sideline doing gang signs and stuff, uh, it, it's kind of like, they're like crabs where they keep kind of pull you back in. Whereas back <laughs> in the day, you know, guys be like, Hey man, you can represent us. You know, you, you know, this, this other stuff ain't for you. So it was kind of strange. I mean, when I got older, that they knew what they was doing was wrong, but they saw I had a way out, and it was kind of like, now nah, you go take, you go do what you got to do, bro. What we are doing ain't for you. And 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 it's changed as we know it now because, you know, I always say when I talk to youth groups, you know, I think we love each other more than you guys say you love each other because mm-hmm. we looked out for each other.
2: Right. How how was that? I mean, cause you look at, you know, they did a thing. I didn't know Richard Sherman was from Compton, too. You know, everybody yeah. say where you grow up, you're going to be a thug and you're bad. That's not the case, isn't it? No, it's not. No, it's, it, it's not.
3: It, it really isn't. No, you good. know, uh, life's about choices, decisions, decisions, and consequences. And, you know, you get to make them. And you got to live with them. You know, they, they sad
2: because he talk crazy on it because of where he's from
3: you know yeah well I mean you know the thing about it is that it, it's really the household you live in yeah. you know people people talk about Compton but I mean Nickerson Gardens was way rougher and tougher than Compton you saying you gotta
2: grow you gotta live in a household with two parents
3: uh, until I was 12 my parents divorced and my dad divorced us too, so you know, he, he was out of my life for you know after the divorce, so but I had a strong mom. I mean, she she poured so much of herself into me and gave me so much love and reassurance that that's one of the things that really made it difficult for me to even go out and uh get involved and and try to you know, sire. And, you know, get involved and, and try to be a thug. Uh, in fact, the first time I made my attempt, I failed badly. I took this white kid's hat at Dodger Stadium.
5: Mm-hmm. And my boy said, hey,
3: man, go take his hat. So I did it. And I ran away and he chased me. But I kept my eye on him. And when I saw him crying, at the mm-hmm. time I had no, but I had empathy for him. And literally, I had to walk back up to him. I snuck back up on him. He turned around, and he was terrified. He thought I was going to hit him. I'm sure he did. Mm-hmm. And literally put that hat, that hard Dodge baseball hat in his hand and say, I'm sorry. And then that's what I told my boys, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm anybody taking nothing from me and I ain't taking nothing from nobody else again. And I didn't.
2: And that's what you say, life is about choices. If you would have did yeah. that you would have been doing more. i have been doing more. No question. And you know, I
3: would have been doing more. Oh
2: you think, do you go back there and, you know, talk to some young kids out there? All the time. That's, that's one of the
3: first stories I share with because it's, you know, it, it really helped, you know, define who I am today. And so when you look back, you know, we all have what I call defining moments, and so what are yours? And you need to really sit down and reflect on them, and that's what I've been doing my entire life, just think about all the coaches i played for what they said, you know, what they thought about me, my mom, and, you know, the goals I said and all that, and how did I go about accomplishing those goals? It's like I told my kids, I said, you know, you'll never be able to say, I didn't know. You can't come to me and say, hey, pops, I didn't know this was, was going to happen. Because I always say, mm-hmm. think it through. If it has a downside to it and you decide to do it anyway, guess what? You got to deal with the consequences. Right. Definitely. And, and they know I don't play, so, you know, I don't I don't give a bit of threats. Hold on, stay it, stay it, stay it.
2: What's, what, what's your best accomplishment? You know, I know it's on the field. So you do things off the field. What are you most proud of? What right now? What are you most proud of doing off the, off the field? What you doing?
3: Oh, working with youth, uh, working with kids. I mean, I, I talk to kids all the time. I like picking the brains. I like getting them to uh reset their minds, so to speak. You know, I have this process called Mindset for Life, and it really does teach you uh how to make those better choices in life. I mean, you know, think about this. You know, everything you need to know to be successful has already been written. Yet there are less than 3% of Americans that have a library card. Mm-hmm. When, when I read that somewhere... I immediately start reading and reading and reading, exercising my mind, you know, uh, just, just, uh, yeah. I mean, cause I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You really don't. And and I think too many people try to reinvent the wheel or they lie to themselves and they're not honest about, you know, what's going on in their life. And that's one of the things I'm always sharing with you because that when you set a goal, be honest about it, Mm -hmm. you know, ask yourself, "What what have I done today? To move closer to the goal, and even more so. What have I done today to move further away? If you find yourself mm-hmm. doing more things to move further away, then you ain't serious about that goal, and that's okay. Yeah. Just reset and 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 figure out a different goal. But stop running in place. Stop burning daylight. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know everybody gotta make mistakes, but if you learn from it, you're good. Yeah. You agree with that? Oh, definitely.
3: Oh, no question. No, no, there there is no question. But you' never to say if you if you do the same thing over and over again right. and don't get what you don't don't get what you say you want yet you expect to get it, then that's a form of insanity, yeah,
2: yeah, I know when I was with buddy Ryan. he said if you do the same thing over and over again, you don't need to be Because there's no way you make yeah. that mistake over and over, you know exactly, you know the family don't well. care you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. Well, Ned, we got about five more minutes. Give us a little about, you know, so you're talking to a young, young youth. What advice would you give
3: them? What advice? Uh, I would, you know, I would always say be honest with yourself. Uh, and and that is, that is so tough. You know, when you, when you, the, the sooner you start being honest with yourself, uh, the better you are. I mean, uh, don't, don't cop out and, and say, because of your environment, you can't do this and you can't do that. Because there have been so many folks that have come from diverse backgrounds, that have come from dysfunctional backgrounds, and that have been able to succeed. And they're out there. I mean, they, they're there are people they can contact and just talk to. You know, reach out on the Internet. You know, after reading the story, how'd you get here? And they'll be surprised. They may get an email back. Tell them how they got there from point A to point B. So it's just being honest with yourself, you know, and and it starts and ends with you. You know, we we self-sabotage all the time. We get in the way of our own success. But it's about what path are you on? What habits are you developing? You know, habits, attitudes, beliefs, and expectations are what define you. So what are yours? Mm -hmm. You can have good habits, bad habits. Good expectations, bad expectations. And one of the things I always share here is what I always leave with: whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Mm. You are right. So, yeah. and I suggest you start believing more that you can, because that's how that's that's how most successful people think. Right. They believe they can. They believe they can accomplish anything they set out to accomplish. Well,
2: go ahead. I know you want to listen. Where are you at?
3: I'm in downtown Seattle, about two blocks from the stadium, getting ready to go in. I live in uh, Redmond, Washington. Just uh outside Seattle. Well man, I
2: appreciate you being on the show. We gotta get you back on. Again, yeah. You know, hey, anytime,
3: uh, man. I, you know, I got to get the gas, so I love chatty, so I'll be back yeah. when you wanna talk. Well, I'm a man, take care. All right. All right. All right. So- Bye. This is Dan Love with
2: another show with Love and Sports Call. We'll see you next week.